I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, the layperson's guide to enjoying music's benefits. Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2020, and here in the U.S., most of us are fully back into the swing of things this week after the holidays. I absolutely love the holidays. I also have a lot of affection for my routine, so I am always ready to get back to it this first full week of the new year. Routine is also very helpful for children, especially children on the autism spectrum. Our guest today has specialized for over 20 years in the field of autism and special needs. Esther Thane spent 14 years on the faculty of Capilano University, teaching in the Bachelor of Music Therapy program. She created Meet in the Music, Music Therapy Curriculum, which we may refer to as MITM. For children with autism, which is utilized by music therapists throughout the United States and Canada, Esther is currently executive director of ET Music Therapy in Vancouver, British Columbia. Welcome to the show, Esther. Thank you so much for having me, Mindy. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. For listeners who have not been directly affected by autism and for the purposes of our conversation today, how would you define autism or describe the criteria for an autistic diagnosis? Uh, Well, that can be a very difficult uh, question to answer because every child with autism presents in a different way, um, has different criteria or different things that they're struggling with developmentally. Uh, Some of the kind of key characteristics is that a child with autism uh, may struggle socially in social environments with reading facial expressions and understanding perspectives of others. They often have a real affinity for being with certain objects, with organization, making sure everything is in its place, etc. And also it can come with some motor deficits as well as communication and verbal deficits and sensory processing issues as well. So a child with autism may uh, have problems processing their sensory input from their environment in a way that they may demonstrate tactile defensiveness to being touched or need to do a lot of vestibular movement, so spin around. Um, they might need to get a lot of self-stimulation in order to stay regulated in their bodies. Uh, so it really, it really depends on every single individual that you meet um, is so unique and so special in their own way. And they bring also an amazing uh, skill set to the table, so to speak, that other neurotypical children may not possess. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I've been hearing a lot more about autism in the last 10 or 15 years. How prevalent is it? That's the scary thing is, is it really is increasing. And we're not quite sure, you know, if, if a lot of it is, is due to uh, better diagnosing, but also an increase from potentially environmental effects. We know that there is, you know, an autism gene, but really the jury's out on really all the definitive causes of autism. Back in the day when I was uh, in university, which was a few decades ago, we were taught that the prevalence of autism at that time. So about 1993, uh, 1992 was one in 10,000. And the latest national polls that have come out are about one in 58. And there is some now later research, more recent research showing one in 46 children. So 
yeah, we definitely are seeing an increase um, uh, in in the autism spectrum disorder in generally. Mm-hmm. And boys are just proportionately affected by autism. Is that right? Yeah, four to one. Um, Four to one, actually, which is really interesting and curious. Although as we're seeing better diagnosing occur, we have a lot of clients that are are female, all the way from early intervention into into adulthood. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people are getting diagnosed at a later age as well, things that slip through, Mm. slip through the cracks, you know, they might be fantastic academically, and but maybe there's some, some issues socially, some quirky that, you know, cause them to, you know, not be able to really engage in, in the social peer situation. And so therapy might be guided more towards social scenarios, which is, of course, why music plays such a, a beautiful and easy role and, and a marriage within, within that type of therapy and how you can address social issues because yeah. music is a, music is a social thing. Yeah. It's a social environment. It's a social activity. And, and, you know, for kids with autism, they might feel threatened by regular communication, by verbal communication, but in the music and through improvisation, we can have call and response on different instruments so that we're actually mm-hmm. communicating to each other mm-hmm. um, through the music. And it's, it's very enticing. It's very pleasurable. And they're getting, they're getting that instant gratification, that built in reward, so to speak from every time they're striking a xylophone or even just smashing down a chord on the piano and having a cathartic <laughs> release for their frustration. And then being supported back by that music therapist that's saying, I hear you in your music and I'm going to adapt and create music that is representative of your emotional state right now, mm-hmm. of, of where you are right now, so that through that music that the music therapist is making in response to the child, that child can get a sense on, on a, you know, on a somewhat subconscious level, I hear you and I'm accepting what you're saying in the music and we're having a conversation here and this is a pleasurable thing. Yeah, and, and, of what, course, and what you just described there is so beautifully captured in one of the videos that's on your website. Uh, it's so sweet. It's the, that video of you with the little guy with the, the glasses on and it's so precious just watching exactly what you just described where he kind of is banging on the piano and then making softer sounds and you're just responding in kind to, to how he is playing and it's totally what you described in terms of it has that effect of I hear you I'm with you it was really sweet absolutely and you know that particular uh, video is so dear to my heart I I've, I've watched it was a pure improvisation in the moment that his mother just captured with me and you know him and myself on the piano mm. um, and he was nonverbal he had autism he was three years old he couldn't walk very well but he could climb up on the piano and really isolate specific keys to find the melody, what he wanted to express. Mm. So absolutely, I was just there supporting in the rhythm, playing when he was playing. Uh-huh. And because I've watched it so many times, uh, <laughs> I actually find that it's, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of music. And I feel like it has a melody in it. It has uh-huh. a flow to it in different sections. Yeah. Uh, and we're so connected in that. And that's really a beautiful example of the music therapy experience uh-huh. um, when it comes to improvisation and, and following the child where they're at. Sure. 
So how did you come to write your own meet in the music curriculum, your own curriculum to be used in music therapy with these kids? I, you know, I had worked for decades, you know, with, with kids with autism and, there weren't a lot of resources beknownst to me originally uh, on how to work with kids with autism with with music therapy. I started writing my own music, my own songs, my own activities and interventions. And then, you know, 15 years later, I, I had a whole whack of of interventions and a real systematic program that addresses you know, the various skill domains such as social, communicative, cognitive, physical, and emotional Mm -hmm. uh, skill development. And at that time, I was introduced to a company called Mundo Pato, and they're a therapy documentation company that created a enterprise-level software for thought leaders and program authors to essentially put their curriculum on. Mm -hmm. And so I loaded my music therapy curriculum on the platform, which really allowed me to also grow as a music therapy practice. And so what I was able to do with the curriculum was train other music therapists to join our family at ET Music Therapy, and they would be able to implement the Meet in the Music, the MITM curriculum, very uh, seamlessly through the software and be able to um, have all of these different tools at their fingertips to then utilize with their own clients within our company. Yeah, very cool. So tell us how music does help with working with kids with autism. How does it help them? Well, if for instance, you have a child who is having difficulties with their motor skills or motor praxis, so they have problems, you know, organizing their body in order to strike a drum or one thing that's really often quite prevalent is um, struggles with crossing the midline. I so saw when that we think in your notes and I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, so so crossing the midline essentially has to do with your bilateral integration, which is being able to use both sides of your body seamlessly and and kind of flow from one side to the other. So, you know, if you're sitting on a chair and you've got to reach for an object on the other side, you know, if you're holding your baby with your right arm, that you could reach over on your left side and pick up that soother that's situated on the right side of your body. So that's crossing the midline from your left arm over to your right side. We also cross the midline with our eyes when we read. So our eyes get to the middle and then we continue reading on the other side uh, of our face, right? With the, with the eyes, but the eyes flow from one side to the other. Kiddos with autism can sometimes struggle um, with crossing the midline. So it's really important because we need that ability when we're reading and when we're just maneuvering through life. So it's not that they're more developed on one side, like they're, they primarily use their left side. It's, they use both sides. It's just crossing that midline. That is a challenge. Exactly. So here's, here's an example. If you put a, for a child who struggles with crossing the midline, if you put a xylophone in front of them and from the child's perspective, they've got a mallet in their Uh, left hand. They might play the bottom half of the xylophone with the left hand and then take the mallet and transfer to the right hand and then play the rest of the xylophone all the way up. Okay. 
So that's an example where it's it doesn't feel good for them to just play the xylophone all the way from the left side all the way to the right. Um, so in music therapy, we can work on crossing the midline with lots of different um, instruments and structured uh, music activities as well as improvisation. So mm-hmm. for instance, in a drum kit, you're crossing the midline. If you've got two mallets and you want to strike something, you encourage the child to only use one mallet so that they have to go across. You know, you might have to do a little bit of um, a hand over hand at the beginning to help guide, keep their, their hand down, you know, gently so that they are encouraged to just use that one side of their body and strike the mallet across all of the different drum sounds within that drum kit. And then you see the skill transfer to other areas when they are away from the xylophone? Exactly. That is, of course, the end game that you're working on Uh is so that all of these skills will generalize outside, you know, to the to the the rest of their their daily life. Uh Um, So, for instance, we might encourage parents to do some hand rhythms, hand rhythm songs with them where the child is, you know, crossing to to match, you know, right hand with the parent's right hand and left hand with the parent's left hand, etc. We can use instruments like finger symbols, where the child has a set of finger symbols and the therapist has a set of finger symbols. And you're playing like you would a hand rhythm song where you're clicking, striking your symbols together, Mm -hmm. and then to each other together. And then the therapist can move their arms in different positions across that midline to one side of the body to encourage that child to strike their symbols and touch the therapist symbols. And of course, the motivation to do this is the sound that they're getting. Sure. Yeah. So those examples you gave, those are really great examples for um, the physical skill sets. And you had mentioned some other skill sets too, like social, emotional, communication, cognitive. What are some examples of how music therapy can be used in some of those skill areas? Well, if you have a kiddo who is, for instance, nonverbal, you can imagine how frustrated they spend a great deal of their day feeling, Mm -hmm. not being able to communicate their needs, even if they are using perhaps picture exchange systems or sign language or an augmentative device, uh, you know, a digital device, there's still a lag, there's still a delay, and they can't express themselves always freely and spontaneously in the in the moment and have that message be properly interpreted um, by the audience. So in the improvisation experience in music therapy, you have that opportunity for that child to really express themselves in the moment. If they want to bang on a drum, they can do that. That's a socially acceptable way mm-hmm. to channel your anger mm-hmm. and your frustration. Mm-hmm. So you can have a cathartic release. For and sure. then after that cathartic release where you feel supported and heard by that music therapist, then you might be more open and willing to try new things, new activities. Mm. You know, kids with autism also can be very apprehensive of unfamiliar environments, mm-hmm. unfamiliar activities. They might get triggered even by the sound of the lights or the the brightness of the lights mm-hmm. can create distortion visually for them. A lot of kids can have auditory defensiveness and we can work through that through the music when they are empowered to strike that drum. You know, a child might have auditory defensiveness and always be wearing, and you probably have seen, there's a lot of um, kiddos with autism walking around that have noise-canceling headphones, really big, 
heavy duty plastic hard oh, okay. headphones walking around when you see those kids they might have autism and, and audio some... defensiveness is that where they feel like they're being attacked when they hear a loud sound auditory defensiveness is more that they're being bombarded by the sounds and sometimes the sounds don't stop sometimes um you know what we have in our minds all of us is a gatekeeper and this gatekeeper allows us to be in a cafeteria with a lot of individuals who are talking all at the same time but the person across from you your friend at the table you can isolate Okay. their voice and and you kind of filter out the other sound sure um that might not be the case if you have auditory defense in this or you might also have a larger reaction to that sound that sound might actually be 10 times louder inside of their brains okay. compared to a neurotypical individual um so it's really this this feeling of protection mm-hmm. and then of course also the unknown the unknown of that um is creates auditory defensiveness too. I'm not sure if if I'm going to like that sound. I'm not receptive to it. But because music instruments have enticing sounds, that's a way for a child to explore, you know, in a very empowered setting where they are coming to that learning experience or that explorative experience, you know, and whether we're working on emotional skills to be accepted to have self-confidence. We can do that all through the music making. You know, if a child is only able to grasp a mallet and strike the drum once, we can create beautiful elaborate music around that so that that child really feels supported. Like I made this, I made that sound, I accomplished that sound and then work from there. And when we're talking about communication, a child well, anybody, when, when we're learning communication, flow of, of our speech, which we call prosody, essentially, that happens very easily within music, within the sung expression. So, you know, for instance, Gabby Giffords, the, mm-hmm. you know, the senator who got, who got shot, yes. most, a, a huge portion of her rehabilitation was in music therapy. Yeah, she loved we got to show interview tunes. her music therapist. You did, back, yes. absolutely. <laughs> so you know four, all about this. Yes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so for any of you interested in that, please go back to episode four and, <laughs> and watch that. Very fascinating. And, and so we know that music acquisition crosses over all sides of the brain. So if you've got Mm -hmm. deficits in language, you can sing song in the same way that if you're working with individuals who are suffering from Alzheimer's and are maybe in their second or last stages where they have lost their speech, uh, music therapists can come in and sing songs uh, from their youth or even early childhood. And that individual will be able to sing the full words of the song. And in those moments and in the song, they're communicating and they're able to speak. Mm. Uh, so we kind of use that bridge uh-huh. in music therapy, literally as the bridge in the yes. brain, you know, the yes. big corpus callosum wire yes. in the middle of our brain <laughs> that connects our hemispheres and manipulate that through the music to, to pull language We've had clients that can't speak, that are completely nonverbal. And after a year of vocalizing into the microphone and almost doing what, you know, naturally all children do when they're young and we start to babble and babbling is all that really important pre-verbal exploration to, to work our brains and our mouths and all of our muscles on 
getting ready to communicate and getting ready to speak. Mm -hmm. And so you can do all that in music therapy. You can vocalize without any words and just sounds. Mm -hmm. And then through that, that child slowly starts to speak, says one word here and there and starts to build into two or three word phrases. Everything can really be tapped in a child's potential can be tapped into through musical experiences. If it's really guided in a therapeutic way that is going to be inevitably motivating for the child. You know, we really believe that a child is going to integrate new learning and new skills at a deeper level if they're coming to that experience from inner motivation. If they're coming from that, you know, they're coming to that experience because they're curious and not that they're just being taught that. Sure. When they have curiosity in that experience, you naturally have an increased attention span. You naturally have created a social experience because now that child is, what's that? What's that instrument about? Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to play it. Now I need you. I need you as the other human being to help me get sound out of this instrument. So that creates an interaction and joint attention. Yeah. Now, do you work with children up to age 18? Do you work with adults, teens, young children? Every age group. Oh, so you don't work just with children. You work with adults as well? Yeah, we do. Um, Okay. Yeah. What What we try to offer are things like rock band sessions for adolescents and young adults where uh-huh. they can come together with other like-minded individuals who love music and they rotate on the different instruments. So the music therapist is really there as a guide to say, okay, you know, this person wants to do this song from mm-hmm. Katy Perry and then sure. another individual wants to do something from Pink Floyd or something. Sure. And so sure. every voice, everybody in the group gets uh, to be heard, gets to do a song and everyone else has to learn it and they rotate between electric bass and electric guitar and vocals and drums. So that becomes kind of this this, uh, platform for them to start to create peers you know we've we've got real difficulties when somebody graduates high school and their special needs and all of a sudden that peer interaction really drops off they're not school anymore so mm-hmm. where where do you have those opportunities to have a pleasurable experience where you're you're creating something uh-huh. um, yeah. and is you're engaging you, with your peers yeah is your meet in the music curriculum is that available worldwide it's a cloud-based program is that right It's a cloud-based program, so we essentially are selling to other music therapists that need a tool set, need a ready-made curriculum that they can then implement and use with their clients, whether they're in Wisconsin or in Quebec or in Miami. Mm -hmm. Sure. You also have an occupational octaves piano program that's an adapted piano instruction program for special needs children. Is that right? We do. We do. Is that part of Meet in the Music or is that a different program? That's a different program. That's an excellent adapted piano instruction program for special needs. It's also hosted on the Mundo Pata website. And that is a beautiful program and it's based on color coding. So a lot of individuals with special needs in general really struggle with traditional music notation. Sure. And so, you know, a lot of music therapists, we've tried to reinvent the wheel over and over again by doing different color coding strategies and kind of the the key with the occupational octaves piano program is it has a specific, very systematic 
music notation that's easy to read that's based on colors and then the individual wears the corresponding color on a ring on their finger Um, so they're embodying it right away they're feeling it in their body they're isolating the fifth finger the fourth finger the thumb and you know feeling okay that's red yeah if listeners want to learn more about either the occupational actives piano program about your meet in the music therapy curriculum where can they find more information about those programs about you and your work connected with you they can go uh, for the meet in the music and occupational octaves to the mundo pato website so that's m-u-n-d-o-p-a-t-o does it mean world duck (laughs) Yes, it does. Does it? It does. Is there a story behind the name of that? There is a little story behind the name of it. If you go to the website, you'll see our kind of mascot is of a duck, but he does not have regular duck feet. His feet are round and they are representative of suction feet. So, you know, the duck kind of is like the, the client. He represents the client who's got unique beautiful qualities and this particular okay. duck can walk on the ceiling okay. so it has something to teach us as as you know we learn from each other okay so mundopato.com slash m-i-t-m m-i-t-m or slash occupational slash octaves there's a a landing page right there that says marketplace and if you click on that it has all of our programs and if they're interested in learning more about et music therapy and our company and watching some very inspirational videos they can go to etmusictherapy.com great and i'm also going to put in the show notes a link to that video we were talking about early in the conversation where you're working with that cute little guy in the piano that was a really precious video yeah you're also on facebook at et music therapy you're also on instagram at et music therapy i'll include links to those in the show notes there's a couple segments that i include in every episode one i call the improv and one i call the coda yours are sort of linked so i thought we'd kind of combine those today the improv is a segment where i ask my guests to give listeners a try this at home hack and experiment that will enhance listeners lives with music tell us about your recommendation Sure. Um, So I've created a relaxation package called Rooted in Music. Originally, it was kind of refined and researched in my work in the public school system for about 15 years, as well as with private clients. I really found that autistic kids really need to relax as well as all neurotypical individuals. Mm -hmm. We all need to relax. Um, And that was a real struggle for them for self-regulation. And so I saw it as a challenge and started to create a relaxation for children with autism. Now, for me, there was always kind of a disconnect when you hear a lot of relaxation methods out there, because there's always beautiful music in the background, sometimes with nature sounds. And then there's a facilitator who is who is creating spoken word over top of it. Yeah. And that I found is a disconnect. So what I set out to do was create a relaxation and compose a relaxation where I could then sing those directives, um, which also creates more gentle delivery mm-hmm. for the child with autism. It's something that then parents of our clients with autism, they use. Mm-hmm. They use it when they're lying in bed with their kiddo to try to get them to fall asleep at night. They also use it on themselves. And 
other professionals, siblings can use it. Uh, why I wanted to bring this to the podcast today is because it really became quite popular and other individuals started using it. It's been used in seniors' homes. It's been oh. used in dental clinics oh. um, to calm people down, you know, before a procedure, um, harm reduction addiction facilities. So, the, the opportunity is there for neurotypical adults to just be able to, if you feel stressed out at the end of the day, to be able to just put this relaxation on, mm-hmm. lie down, take some deep breaths. It guides you through a little bit of a muscle relaxation and a deep breathing, mm-hmm. and then just have that music kind of flow over you. Sure. Um, and there's four different, there's a whole package, a booklet that talks about, you know, the effects. So, so a whole written kind of package that comes along with the MP3 files. Okay. Um, and then there's four versions of the relaxation, a five minute version, if you just need to kind of regroup and then get on with the rest of your day. And as, that is the version that we'll get to hear as the coda. Correct. And then there's two different 20 minute versions. One is for transitioning to another activity so something that you just need to get centered and calm your body and so that you can continue on to go pick up your kids from school and get the rest of your day done and then there's a 20 minute version for falling asleep So all of those MP3 files come with the package and some written information. And where can listeners get this package? So they can go to etmusictherapy.com and go to the recordings page tab at the top. And we're offering for all of your listeners, Mindy, a half price discount on the whole relaxation package. They just need to type in in the promo code when it appears, uh, when they add it to the card, all caps meet in the music. Okay. Meet in the music. I'll include that information on the show notes as well. And thank you for that special offer. the first couple minutes of the five-minute recording included in Esther's Rooted in Music Relaxation Package. This is incredibly soothing and relaxing. If you're listening to this while you're driving, hopefully you didn't fall asleep in those couple minutes. 
With the discount Esther has offered listeners, you can get the entire package for $10. The regular price is $19.95. Get all the details and other show notes for this episode at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 24. If you'd like a few musical tidbits during the week, follow me on Instagram and Facebook using the handle at Enhanced Life Music. I usually post a few times during the week with extra pictures from interviews or my life or topics related to enjoying music's benefits. Next Tuesday is the Tuesday before Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and our topic will be in honor of that day. To conveniently receive this episode when it releases, be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast app you use. This will automatically deliver each new episode to your device so it is ready to go whenever and wherever you are ready to listen, whether that is on your commute, shuttling kids around, working out, doing yard work, which includes shoveling snow for those of us in Minnesota right now. When you subscribe, this also helps the show and helps others find the show since new subscribers are very important in the Apple Podcasts algorithm. Something else that helps others discover the show is ratings. Please help the show and advocate for music by rating this podcast in your app. To do this, you do need to do a search for this podcast, even if you're already subscribed. Thank you if you are search and then click on Enhance Life with Music podcast in your search screen and scroll down until you get to ratings and reviews. This is where you tap five stars, hopefully, to rate and you can also write a review for an even bigger music advocacy boost. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.